You're listening to Motherhood Unstressed, the podcast that talks all about the realities of being a mom in today's world, but also gives you practical takeaways for making the ride as fun and stress-free as possible. The way we live life is an art. I'm here to remind you of the power you already have to create a truly beautiful life. And if you like what you hear, if it resonates with you, please don't hesitate to leave a five-star review. This helps us get the message out to more and more women and help more and more moms. Thanks. In this episode, I speak with Lynn Hendricks about the important issue of gun control. Lynn offers a unique perspective. Not only is she a mom, but she's a teacher, and she's acutely aware of the rise in school shootings these past few decades. Lynn's work with Moms Demand Action has been key in raising awareness of this issue and creating change in how schools, parents, and teachers react to these tragedies that are happening all too often in our nation's schools. Hey, everybody. Um, I'm super excited today because we have a very special guest. Um, It is my sister-in-law, Lynn Hendricks, and I wanted to have her on the show because she offers a really unique perspective on the issue of gun control. And I know that's a very heated topic. I know it's an uncomfortable topic to talk about. Um, But, you know, that's kind of what this show is about, is talking about every spectrum of motherhood and what it means and and telling the stories that we all experience. Um, Lynn is a teacher. She's a mother. um, And she's been pretty vocal about how she feels about the issue of gun control and and the epidemic of school shootings that we've had in this country, you know, the past few years. So, Lynn, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for being willing to share your story and your perspective. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, so why don't you get us started? Um, tell us a little bit about your background and and where you where you're from, your family life, things like that. Um, well, I grew up in Pennsylvania in a pretty middle class, standard two parent, two children family. Um, went to the same school system my whole life. My grandparents lived right down the street. Family all around, um, and then from there moved to Virginia for college and never moved back home. So I've been in Virginia for the last 20 years now. That's where I met my husband in Virginia, and that's where we settled and started our family. Nice, nice. So how long have you been a teacher? I've been a teacher this my 16th year when Mm -hmm. I graduated. Yeah, when I graduated um, from college, I got a teaching job, and I'm still at that same school that I started Mm -hmm. at. And what do you teach? I teach marketing. This year, I, I am teaching introduction to marketing, advanced marketing, sports entertainment marketing, and I coordinate the marketing co-op students who go to work. Oh, wow. So you've been in the game for a long time. I have, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and Matt and I were just talking about that yesterday, my husband, because he's a teacher as well, and just how I can't believe this is 16 years in, and at some Sometimes it feels like it was just yesterday that I started, mm-hmm. and other times there's just been so much that has changed in that time that feels like a lifetime ago. Well, that's kind of that's a good lead into my next question. Is you know so much has changed um, in in our schools over time, and when did you find that you were starting to get more concerned about gun control and more more attention placed on that? When did that start to happen for you? Um, I would say it was always kind of in my mind when I was a freshman in college is when um, Columbine happened. 
Mm. And that was just really shocking to everyone because nothing really like that had happened in our lifetime that we really remembered. Um, and just to think that, you know, students would go into their own school and kill others and kill themselves was just really shocking. Um, but then after that, you know, there were school shootings, but I think when, um, Virginia Tech happened. I was a teacher at that time. I had students that were in my, you know, class just a few years before, or some of my athletes when I coached were at Virginia Tech at the time. Um, so that really brought it home because there were so many people I knew there, mm -hmm. and they were all perfectly fine. They were not near the shooting that occurred there, but there were students that were from Northern Virginia, where I live, that were killed in that shooting. Oh, wow. Um, and I think just how that happened with, you know, that they're, they were really just sitting ducks, you know, they, the rooms didn't lock and there was not too much that the students could do to protect themselves once the shooting started. Um, and then definitely the thing that changed me was Sandy Hook mm. because, you know, you can't, as a mom, I mean, I was a mom at that time and just, I just can't imagine losing my child to gun violence, but especially at the age of six or seven. Mm -hmm. um, it's really just unimaginable. And I, I just don't know how I, I, that was the turning point for me. So it just, I would think I, I look at other moms sometimes and I'm like, well, aren't we all concerned about this? Because right. it is something that before, I guess you just thought, Oh, well, you know, high schools and colleges, not that that was okay, obviously, but Right. Once it, it, they, you know, people just started killing our babies. That was kind of um, the turning point for me. Wow. So, yeah, I mean, I think anyone uh, that resonates with anyone. I mean, that was such a shocking event. And, and especially as a mother, you know, you're, it's, it, it's that old saying, you know, you're, it's your heart walking around outside of your body. And it's so true. And to think that they would ever be at risk while at their school is just, it's mind boggling. So, yeah, I mean, I think, whether you're a teacher or not, that was just, that was an extreme wake up call for sure. Absolutely. And that was one of those things that, you know, when they're so young, do they really know what's going on? And, you know, Sean now, my son now is in first grade. So mm -hmm. I think about that a lot. And I think about it when I go to his school and I think about where his classroom is located in the school. And if something were to happen, you know, would he know what to do? And these are conversations that him and I have had, um, oh, no. at, you know, at a, at a different level, obviously, but mm -hmm. they do lockdown drills. Um, they practice for a situation, but I wasn't sure if he really understood what that meant. Um, and I still don't know if he really does, but we definitely have had those conversations and, and we live very close to the school. So we've even talked about, well, what if you're somewhere that there are no teachers? at the mm -hmm. time because of course you should be listening to your future um, and just kind of what you should do in a situation where you feel unsafe. That's really important. Like I, that's actually a conversation that I haven't had with my son, you know, Nash is five and I, it's constantly on my mind, especially lately. Cause I feel like it's every other week you hear about a shooting, but it's like, I haven't taken that next step. And I don't know why I haven't done that. I think maybe it's fear or I just don't want to think about it or, you know, I don't want to talk about it. And so to hear you say that, like, that's changed me in that instant. Like, okay, like I know now I'm going to have that conversation and I'm not going to enjoy that yeah. conversation, but it, it needs to happen. 
You know? Yeah, and I think what you said is right. It's all of those things. It's uncomfortable. It's scary. You don't want to think about it. You don't want to talk about it. Um, and this was a, this was actually a very recent conversation. It was after the most recent shooting in Florida. Mm-hmm. And I just said to him, I said, Sean, um, you do lockdown drills at school, right? He said, yeah. I said, well, why do you do them? So because we have to. I said, right, but do you know why you're doing that? And he, he described it in a very simple way that I'm sure he was taught um, that at his school, we have to have visitors' badges whenever you're in the school. You, check, you sign in at the main office and mm-hmm. they get a visitor's name tag. And he said, well, if you're ever at the school and there's somebody there that doesn't have a name tag, then we have to go into lockdown. Mm. And I said, okay, yeah, that's, that's why. And I said, but, you know, sometimes there might be people there that want to do something bad or do some harm to you. And I said, what do you do if you're in a place that there is, you know, if your teacher's not there, what do you do? And he said, I don't know. I said, well, what if you're on the playground? And somebody came onto the playground that was a bad guy. I said, what would you do? And he kind of looked at me and he said, um, I guess hide. I said, okay, well, where? Wow. And he thought about it for a moment and he said, kind of as a guess, he said, in the trash can? <laughs> and I said, well, you could, yeah. I said, that's, a, that's definitely a hiding spot. I said, but what if there was a bunch of kids on the playground? Would you all be able to hide in the, in the trash can? He said, no. I said, well, then what? And he really didn't have an answer. He said, I, I guess go back to the school. And I said, well, you know, if there's somebody there that's trying to do something bad, I said, we live right Right, you know, right around the corner. I said, you mm-hmm. come home. And I said, this isn't just for a regular drill that you would do. I said, this is really right. an emergency. And I said, you come home and you go into the backyard and you wait there until me or daddy come home. Mm. And he said, oh, okay. And I said, because cause Sean is the type of kid, a typical firstborn rule follower. Mm-hmm. And he would be one of the kids like, well, we're not supposed to leave the school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I felt like he really needed to hear that if there is something that you feel unsafe about, you need to get out of there. I just love how you asked him like specific questions. Well, what if, you know, if the trash, if there's no trash can, or if there's a bunch of kids, like where else would you go? Like you made it, you know, like a real situation. And I think that that right. for a child especially is so important. It's so key to making it real and to making you know, even for an adult to make like to make when you're in that situation to know, okay, well, what am I going to do really in real life? Like what's really going to happen? Like that's so important rather than just talking about, oh, you know, in the event, you know, you hide. No, like where are you going to hide? What are you going right. to do? And that's you know not- what? I mean, I know that they, you know, he's in first grade, so they do have to keep it pretty, PG. You know, pretty benign, not really <laughs> telling them too much. So I appreciate that, of course, from his school. Um, but you know, he's in first grade, he should have an idea of what to do when things happen. And like you said, even adults, I mean, all of these shootings that have been happening in the last few years, I mean, in churches and in churches and malls and movie theaters, I mean, that should be something on people's minds. Not that it's going to happen because of course we hope it won't, but knowing, okay, if it does happen, what am, what am I actually going to do? in that situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's important to think about. Absolutely. And have you done similar lockdown drills at your school, at the high school? Oh yeah. We've been doing them for years. Um, 
we actually, one year we had our actual lockdown and everything was fine. There was no, there was, after the fact, there was mm-hmm. nothing. Um, but at the time, there was two students that were walking on the perimeter of the school, like on the sidewalk that had, um, I think they're called airsoft guns. And a bus driver saw them and thought that they were real guns. So called the police and yeah, we went into lockdown and it was after school and it was, it was several years ago, kind of before I think a lot of more recent um, events have happened. So we took it, you know, I took it seriously, of course, as an educator, but a lot of the kids, when it was over, um, I just remember, we've always been trained that you ignore the announcement because you never know, hmm. you know, your principal can be standing there saying everything's fine, but you don't know who's standing next to him. Mm-hmm. So we've always been trained that you just, you ignore the announcements and you don't leave your room until somebody comes and gets you out of the room. And this was actually after school. So I was in somebody else's classroom and I had a ton of kids, like 50 or 60 kids in there with me that had just kind of come in from the hallway. Mm -hmm. And then they went on the announcements and said, everything's fine. We can get out of the classrooms. And I wouldn't let them leave because that was not what we had been trained to do. Um, And everyone went, we're going to miss our bus. Got to go home. But it was scary because it was real. Right. And luckily for us, it wasn't anything that materialized into anything, you know, more than that. But so when you hear, I mean, when you hear about politicians talking about arming teachers like yourself in the classroom, what what's your reaction to that? You know, I don't know. I don't know how that would actually in real life work out. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely don't think it would be something that would be beneficial to most teachers because most teachers don't really have training for that. I mean, I've never, I've never been around a gun really. I mean, a few times in my life, I've never really handled one. I would certainly not be comfortable with that without much more training involved. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do know that there are teachers that are comfortable with that. So maybe if they had, you know, access to a place, I mean, I, I think it would be a nightmare situation if it was, like, in your classroom. That would mm-hmm. be ridiculous to me. But maybe if there was some location in the school. I, I don't really know how that would actually work in real life. Right. In theory, it sounds good. Yes, we need something to protect us. But I don't think that that's the answer. Um, in our school, we actually have two police officers that are stationed at our school. Mm-hmm. Um, and every school in our county every middle and high school. I don't think the elementary schools do. Um, the middle and high schools have, they're called school resource officers and Mm -hmm. they are basically stationed at our location. And they, of course, they are armed and you would hope they would be able to handle a situation. I mean, is that kind of the consensus with the other teachers to what you just said? Like you, I mean, sure, it sounds good, but, you know, I couldn't imagine actually having one in my classroom. Is everyone kind of... Yeah, I mean, the ones that I've talked to, for sure, even just, I mean, taking guns out of it, just in the last five to ten years, teachers in general just feel like there's so much more put on us than ever before. Mm -hmm. So many different things that we have to be aware of. You know, you're not just a teacher. You're a counselor, and you're a social worker, and you're a a friend really to these kids and maybe a parent, you know, just all these different roles and just adding another one um, like that 
is really just not something I think that most teachers would be comfortable with. Of course, I don't want to speak for all teachers, but definitely the ones that I've spoken to don't really think that that's a good solution to this problem. I think that's so important what you just said is that teachers, so much are, are, is put on a teacher, so much, and, and the demands, and then the expectation that it's just going to get done. I mean, it's just astounding to me. And then you add this, this life or death situation, and it's just, when, when is the breaking point going to happen? I mean, this is just crazy. Right. So if you, if you could speak to a politician right now, like what, what would you say as a viable solution? Do you have ideas? Do teachers talk about this in the break room? You know, I, I think that's the hardest part about this gun violence issue is that there isn't a real clear solution. I think if there was, it would have been done already. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that banning all guns is a, is a great solution, but I do think there should be more restrictions. It shouldn't be so easy to buy a gun. And I know different states have different laws, but I think that's a problem as well. I think it should be a universal, you know, law in every state um, having the same age requirements and the same waiting periods and the same kind of restrictions or even, I don't know, screening processes. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that's part of it would help. I think just training people more that do own guns. You know, you can be a responsible gun owner. Absolutely. But I think it's more than just, okay, here's a gun, you're a responsible gun owner. I think Mm -hmm. you definitely need to be going to classes and getting some training and you know, being required to store your gun safely. I mean, that's another whole issue on top of this that I think about all the time with my kids. And I've actually asked parents when they go to their houses, do you own guns? And if you do, are they locked away? Because that's another very uncomfortable topic that no one really wants to talk about. But there's so many parents that didn't talk about that and then wish they would have because of you know, circumstances that have happened. I just I respect that. I mean, I, I respect the fact that you're not afraid to ask another parent because I feel like, especially when you're trying to make new parent friends and you want everyone to get along and you want it to be very friendly, like the fact that you asked that direct question, you know, I I love that. Like, I'm going to start doing that because it is. And it's definitely new. Um, that mm-hmm. hasn't always happened. Um, but just just recently, my daughter went to a sleepover, and I know the parents. I've known them for a few years. She's gone to school with, with you know, with her friend for a few years, but I don't know if they have guns in their home, and mm-hmm. about to have my daughter go sleepover, and it was, you know, it was a little bit nerve-wracking to ask, but we were just chatting on text, so I just said, hey, you know, one more thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, do you own any guns, and if you do, are they stored locked away, and she you know, the mom was really, she's like, no, we don't own any guns. Thanks for asking. Like, mm-hmm. it, she was totally cool with it. And I think even if people did own guns, I think they would be cool with it too. So and if too. they're not, then that's fine too. But then my kid's not going to come to your house right? and play there. That's awesome. That's fantastic. And I think, again, like just even talking about it, it's going to put it on everyone, so many more people's radar now. And it's going to be like, well, that's going to be a question that I'm going to ask. You know, my son's going over there for an afternoon and we we know how kids are like they get into everything absolutely they're not supposed to be into they're into because it's absolutely and the older that the kids get Mm -hmm. the less you know I mean when when my kids have friends over to play I'm not in the same room with them the whole time right you know they're in the playroom or they're in their bedrooms playing so 
it just takes a minute for them to go somewhere where they're not supposed to go and get a hold of something that they shouldn't and, you know, for a tragedy to happen. And that was, I had watched a documentary years ago, um, Diane Sawyer had done called Young Guns. Mm. And a lot of it focuses on, number one, when you do teach children what you're supposed to do when you see a gun, do they really do that? Mm -hmm. Or do they, you know, do something different? Um, And then, you know, is it girls versus the boys type thing, which it is. Usually the boys Mm -hmm. don't necessarily listen and pick it up and pull the trigger and do things that, yeah, Mm -hmm. if you haven't seen it, it is a really good watch um, for a parent just to kind of, whoa, this is crazy. Mm -hmm. And then another part of it dealt with, parents that had lost children, um, because of accidental shootings, you know, mm-hmm. um, and the one was a, was a sheriff who had a gun, you know, for his job. And it was high on the shelf that the, in the room, the kid never went into. And that even if they did go in there, they couldn't reach it. And somehow kid went mm-hmm. in and got the gun and, you know, ended up killing himself because they're kids and they don't know what they're, they're handling. Right. So I think a lot of it too, I mean, of course the mass shootings are tragedies and they're scary to think about, especially somebody that's in a classroom every day, but those other ones that they happen all the time and, um, you know, they're not an accident. It's, it's, it's negligence mm-hmm. on the gun owner's part. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. So what is the organization? I know you've mentioned it a few times on Facebook um, where I guess it offers resources and on gun control or just being more vocal about, you know, your stance on that. What's it called? Yeah. So the program that, or the organization that I am involved with is Moms Demand Action for Gun Sense in America. And it was actually started by a mom um, right after Sandy Hook. And it wasn't a mom that had children in Sandy Hook or anything. It's just a mom that, you know, this, shook her to the core Mm -hmm. and she started this organization. Um, so it's been around since 2012. Um, and just in the last month, actually it has grown tremendously after Parkland happened. Mm -hmm. Um, and now there's kind of different offshoots of it that are getting started. Students demand action. Um, Mm -hmm. and there's even an educators demand action. Um, so there's definitely different. And and this isn't, something that's trying to say, hey, let's get rid of all guns, because that's, that's not really the answer. I think that's what a lot um, of people think that it is. And I do too. And I think that's my maybe problem with quote unquote other side mm-hmm. is that oh, we have the right to have guns. It's in our constitution. It's our right. Okay. Yes, it is. So why can't we regulate this and do that? And well, we have the right to have guns. <laughs> and that's Kind of the only never said you didn't. <laughs> right. right. And that's kind of the only answer I ever hear is that we have the right to have guns, which we do. Um, but, you know, I think that there definitely could be some stronger regulations on them. So this is, this is a great organization. And um, one of the things that I kind of got out of it for me personally, and I, again, this isn't something that's going to work for everyone, but I decided that when I vote, I will be a single issue voter. And I know that's kind of extreme um, because there is so much more to our politicians than just one issue. 
but that's kind of my thing. Okay. How do you feel about, you know, gun violence and what are you going to do to try to fix that problem? Mm-hmm. And what do you feel about, you know, gun common sense laws? And that's who I'm going to vote for. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think, I mean, when it's your children, I don't think that there's, you can argue against that. I mean, I think right. that that's instinctual. That's you protecting your children Absolutely. Um, the best way you can, which is by voting at least yeah. right now. Yep. Wow. So I do have one final question and it's a question I ask all of my guests and it's a way to kind of round out the interview and kind of just give everyone a good takeaway. Um, And it can be about what we talked about or it can be about anything you want. Um, And the question is, what's something that you've learned in life that you wish someone would have told you earlier? Hmm. You know, I thought about this definitely in relation to kind of my job. Um, that I wish someone would have told me as a teacher that once you become a parent, your whole view on just my career on teaching really just changed Mm -hmm. because now, even though you've always, I've always thought, Oh, well, this is somebody's kid knowing really, okay, well, this is somebody's kid. And this Mm -hmm. is, you know, when I think of maybe, Oh, this, this student is really getting to me and they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. And, uh, Mm-hmm. And then I think about, okay, wait, what if that were Sean or what if that were Hadley? How would I want that? How would I want a teacher to treat my kid? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that really changed me as an educator. And I think that that was something I never thought about before having children. You know, I went to school to be a teacher and I went through the training and I was a teacher for several years before I had kids. But that definitely changed me as a teacher. And I mean, I don't know how you would actually really feel that until you became a parent but mm-hmm. I mean you know as a parent how much of your life changes in that second yeah when you have that baby so that's definitely something I wish somebody would have told me you know when you become a parent you're going to see your job in a whole different way as well yeah and honestly I don't think it's it's just to teaching I think it's everything I mean you literally interact with people in a different way because you you for me I start to see people as you know, I see their inner child a lot of times and I see like a scared little boy, especially raising boys too. Right, like I, right. I view men differently now, which is so interesting. And that's a whole nother show that we could do. <laughs> yeah, Raising boys has given me such a unique perspective on men and understanding them and being more compassionate towards them. And just, you know, I, I, it really does open up your mind and your heart in so many different ways. That's a beautiful. Absolutely. I mean, everybody is somebody's baby. Yes. Yes. Even ourselves. We have to be kind to ourselves and treat ourselves like a little child sometimes too, you know, have that love for ourselves because that's everybody, you know? Absolutely. But thank you so much, Lynn, for being here um, and sharing this unique perspective and all this information for me. I mean, I feel like I, I am going away with so much more than I did going into this interview. So thank you so much. And if people thank you for having me. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.